We are in the book of Ephesians. Uh, we are in chapter number two. Uh, we started last week looking at uh, verses one through three. Uh, so we're going to kind of finish uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, looking at those c- couple of verses and adding to our notes here. Uh, the objective today is to get through page four, five, six, seven, and eight. We'll do it. Watch. Hey, we'll do it. You want to know how I know we'll do it? Because on Thursday night, I had less time and I got through more. So we'll do it. All right, here we go. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, 2 says, uh, Wherein time pass, you walked according to the course of this world. Maybe I should reverse one. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein time pass, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so, reminding you what we kind of started to talk about last week, uh, Paul in chapter 1 uh, is going through this idea of, of what the church is, how we get into the church, and what are the blessings that we get out of being in the church. And if you remember, uh, we, we, we said, hey, there's a, there's a, a phrase that if we're going to put on chapter 1, there's a phrase we want to make sure we grab onto that helps us really grab onto chapter 1, and that phrase is, in Christ. You don't get any of those blessings that are found in chapter 1 unless you are in Christ. Okay, now we're moving on to chapter 2, and, and, and what Paul's now doing is, he's shifting gears a little bit, uh, uh, and again, remember, what he's doing right now is revealing the church, this, this body of Christ. He calls it the dispensation of grace. It's being revealed for what it is. And uh, the thing that I told you guys uh, last week, uh, here's going to be our quote for this chapter that we really need to grab onto. Um, man, uh, in discipleship, Jim and I and Justin and I, we've really been hammering this, and I, I, I keep hammering it, right, guys? And the key word, man, is that we want to get out of this chapter is new, new. There's something new being revealed, and new does not mean replaced, okay? That's why I want to hammer that as hard as I can. It, this is new. Nothing's being replaced. Something brand new is happening. And we need to make sure we understand that. And I think by the time we get into the second half of the chapter, that will become far more evident uh, because we will really start to hammer it then. What he's doing in, these, in this first uh, uh, 10 or so verses, he, he's reminding us what we were prior to salvation. Okay? Now, the reason why this is important uh, in the reminding of what we were prior to salvation, is we need to grab onto the fact of certain things that, unfortunately, uh, are, are, are misunderstandings within the church house today. Uh, and that is, you know, we're all made in the image of God. We're all children of God. And the reality is, 
Uh, that's not true. Okay? And, and, and the reason why I'm going to say that's not true, uh, there's many places that I could go, but let's just read what it's saying right here. It, Paul's flat out saying, hey, you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. In times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see, prior to salvation, we were not children of God. We were children of disobedience. You understand? Prior to salvation, we were not made in the image and likeness of God. We were made in the image and likeness of the first Adam. Okay? That is, and we were fallen. We needed something that was going to quicken us. That's the word Paul uses, which means to make us alive. We were dead. We were dead men and women walking. Okay? Although we may have been physically alive, we were spiritually dead. I mean, now we could go to John chapter 3 right now and tr really truly understand what Jesus was saying when he said, ye must be born again. Why would we need to be born again? Nicodemus was confused. He's like, what are you talking about? What? How can a man be born? And he's saying, that which is spirit is spirit, and that which is the words of life is life, I, what I am telling you. And he even says to Nicodemus, hey, Nick, aren't you a teacher of the Jew? Aren't you a master and you don't know these things? And so uh, I would say even to us today, hey, we need to know these things. Because Jesus does use a very, very important four-letter word, must. I know you need to go to a very, very high-class, prestigious college to understand what that word means, uh, but I'm just going to go with the fact that must means, yeah, you, you got to do that, <laughs> okay? That's required in salvation. Being born again is a requirement of salvation, amen? I mean, that's what he says, so I'm going with it, and if Jesus said it, I'm cool with that. I'll just let him be God and me be the, the, the lost person I was prior to coming to him, amen? Uh, not amen that I was lost, amen that I can come to him, <laughs> okay? All right, so let's look at that. In times past, letter A, before you were in Christ, you were in your flesh, walking how? In disobedience. In disobedience to what? The will of God. That's what you were doing. That's what I was doing. That's what all of us were doing. Okay, so with that being said, we certainly couldn't be what is being propagated. And listen, you say, well, why are you hammering that? Who cares? So what if we're called children again? Because it sends a false message. If we think that we are children of God, if we think we were made in the image and likeness of God, then it's very, very difficult for us to comprehend the fact that God's ever going to discipline us in a place called hell. And I don't mean discipline, but quote-unquote, send us to a place. Well, we're never, that's why, and we talked about this last night in our Bible study, right? That's why many, many, many very prestigious seminaries uh, today teach things like hell's not a real place. They, 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 we, we've lost, we're losing it, man. We're losing the importance of the blood. The blood of Christ is being taken out of the message. And listen, you can't do that. These are necessary ingredients to salvation. And when you falsely get someone to think, 
well, if I'm a children of God, then, you know, hey, I make mistakes, but in the end, he's going to take care of me. You know, when we teach things like, in the end, everybody's going to be saved, including Lucifer. Whoa, wait a minute. That is not what this book says. <laughs> okay, so where are we coming up with those ideas? They came from somewhere. Okay, and I do believe that one of the biggest problems of why we are starting to hold that view, we at One Baptist don't hold that view, but why many in the church are holding that view is because of, of improper uh, statements like, we're all children of God, we're all made in the image of God. That is incorrect. You are not, when you come to Christ, the whole point, Romans chapter 8, of what it is that's trying to be accomplished is to transform you back into the image that was lost. I mean, if we're all made in the image of Christ, and I'm just asking the question, then why is Romans 8 even in our Bible? Take it out. Because that's not what Romans 8 is, is telling us. Okay? And then the same thing with this children of God thing. If we're all children of God, then I've got a question. Why do we need to be adopted back in? Right. Hey, what are we going to do with that? I mean, Paul clearly talks about this adoption, how we get adopted into his family. Well, if I'm already his child, why do I need to be adopted into his family? No, there's something much more important going on there, and we can't miss that because it's, it, it really is that important. So what are the three forces that encourage man to disobedience? And, and listen, uh, just because, and if you're, you're sitting there and you're going, well, I'm so thankful I'm a born-again Christian. I'm so thankful that, that I, I am not a child of disobedience. I'm so thankful that I've been quickened. Then listen, what you need to understand is that's cool. Amen. Praise the Lord. But that does not mean you're still not going to struggle with the three things we're about to list right now. Because you are. And you need, you know, I say it all the time, man. You got to know what you are before you're ever going to know what you really can be. We might say it like this. You need to know just how lost you really are to know just how saved you really can be. Yeah. You know, it really is one of those things. Listen, what is it that's encouraging our disobedience? Number one, this world. This world encourages our disobedience. In Romans chapter 12, verse number two, Paul says, be not conformed to this world. In John 8, 23, Jesus says, uh, uh, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. And then in John 17, 14, he goes on to say, Jesus, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. This world is going to have a pull on us. And do note, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, if you're taking notes, who the little g, God of this world, is. It, 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 it's Satan. Okay? That, God has given Satan the world right now. And we look at that and we go, no, yes. Do you remember when Jesus was brought into the wilderness and he was being tempted by the devil? Do you remember what the devil, one of the, there were three temptations, but I want to focus on one. Do you remember what one of the things he, he offered to Jesus? The kingdoms of this, if they were not Satan's to offer, then Jesus would have said, 
I mean, first of all, how's that a temptation? Right. He would have said, those are already mine. Well, you can't offer me something that's... No. No. Because right now, that is the scenario. One day, God is going to take it all back. Yeah. And that's what Revelation 10 is all about. Okay, but, 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 but note that right now, that is, and so with that being said, the world is a problem for us. It's a big problem for us, and we need to note it. Number two, what else encourages disobedience? Now, I'm going to say this, the devil, but do note this. The devil can't make you do anything. Okay? He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. Like, in other words, he's not messing with you because if he's messing with you, that means there's 7.3 billion other people in the world he can't mess with. You see, he, he's not like God. God. God can be in anybody, everywhere, all the time. The devil can't do that. So do you understand? Like, oh, the devil made me do it. Well, if he made you do it, he was concentrated on you that day because the other 7.3 billion people he didn't mess with that day. That's not the way this works, okay? The devil can't make you do anything. Matter of fact, I would argue the devil don't need to. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're perfectly capable of taking care of it yourself, okay? You understand? Okay? The spirit that works in the children of disobedience because of his demonic associates. Now, I do think there is demonic influence that happens, I do buy that, and I do agree with that, okay, uh, and, and, I, and, and understand that uh, he does have power over this world system, okay? Uh, John 12, 31 says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, and, and he's talking about uh, what was going to take place on the cross. And again, later in Ephesians, we'll dig into this uh, when we get to chapter 6, Lord willing, uh, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We, we don't get wrestle against us. We wrestle against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, some of you go, well, what, what, high places, what's he talking about? Some of you have been around here long enough, you know exactly what we're talking about when it says high places, because he is the prince of the power of the air, because the devil and his associates right now are in that second heaven, okay? He's not in, the devil's not in hell right now. I know that is foreign to a lot of people, but that's not where he is. Matter of fact, I would tell you, I don't even think the devil is wasting any time on you. He's too busy accusing yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Father. Right. That's what Revelation says, isn't it? Yeah. 12? Yep. He, he, ain't got, he ain't messing with you. Maybe demonic influences are, are guiding you, but he's too busy going, yeah, yeah, you see that Sarah right there? Come on, God. You really think she's for you? You see that Claude right there? Come on. Chris, really? Peyton, come on. Come on. Christians, look, he ain't messing with you. He's accusing you to the Father. That's what he's doing, okay? And if you don't believe that, just go read Job, and then maybe you'll believe it, okay? Because that's exactly what the devil is doing. Uh, we need to understand that. We need to understand. We got to understand that this world 
has a pull on of us. We got to understand that we're not wrestling with things that are of this world. And, and you go, why is that important? Because once you understand what you're up against, you'll understand you got no shot. You got no shot. What, what makes you think, you know, uh, man, if I had a dollar every time I heard this, I love God, I won't do it. You've already lost. You've already lost. Because yes, you will. Yes, you will. Your flesh is weak. It's way too weak. And you will lose every time. And that's why the Bible says pride comes before destruction. And then what? A fall. A haughty spirit, a fall. Once we get ourselves prideful to the place where we think we are the champion Christian and there's no way I'm going to fall, I got this, you'll fall. You're done. You're done. By the way, that's what, that's what Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 14 or 15, putting on the whole armor of God is all about. It's how do you, how do you then protect yourself? What is our protection? Well, our protection is the word of God. That's where our protection is. That's where we can fight against that which we cannot see. Do you understand? And we'll, we'll obviously get there. And then number three, uh, so you have the world, the devil, and, and I would argue the world's tough, and I would argue the devil's tough. This might be the worst one. Yeah. It's your flesh. Yeah. It's your flesh. The fallen nature that we were born with wants to control the body and the mind. Where, where Paul says... There is no good thing that dwells in it. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells what? No good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. That's the Apostle Paul saying that. Okay? What he's telling us, there's none good, no, not one. There's none righteous. No, not one. If you are left to your devices, your flesh will take control. It will. And what it takes control of, man, I remember uh, we went through a whole series, if y'all remember, uh, if you've been here long enough, we went through a whole series where we talked about the mind, the soul, the flesh, and what, you know, members, what all that stuff means. What is the heart? The heart biblically is not what's beating in my chest. It's the heart of who you are. Out of the mouth, out of the heart, Jesus says, proceeds what? You know, evil things. Out of the heart? What do you mean out of the heart? You have to understand. Our fleshly issue is much, much more a problem than we realize. And we need to understand that. We really do. Everyone walks, uh, now here, listen, uh, fill in your blank here, but, but listen, everyone walks according to something. Right? Everyone is going somewhere. Everywhere, everyone's headed someplace. Life happens. And as life happens, stuff happens. And we're heading in a direction. That's just, that's just normal, right? We all, we all can say that. 
I mean, nobody is just sitting in a box where nothing's happening ever. We're just sitting there. That's not, we're all going somewhere. And when that something is against God, it always leads to the same thing with the same inherent ideas. No matter how you get there, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's the course of the devil. That's why you're going to see when you read through like the book of Psalms and you watch David and how he words things, Paul definitely talks about this walk a whole lot, doesn't he? Okay, he, he, he really hits this quite a bit. But, but this is why he's saying and the why these guys are saying, hey, hey, you're only, you only can be heading in one of two directions. Did you hear, did you hear that? From a biblical perspective, there's only two directions you can be heading. Either you're heading toward the course of God, walking in the spirit, or you're heading in the course of the devil, walking in the flesh. It's the course of this world. However you want, it still all ties together. That's it. There's only two directions we can go. That's it. Either you are walking with God, or you are not. That's it. That's why the Bible's very, very, very black and white about this stuff. And, and we unfortunately live in a society, probably especially more so here in the United States. And, and listen, man, you know, if you don't believe what I'm saying right now, all you need to do is just go on a missionary trip. These folks look at us like, what? That's Christianity? No, no. Because we are very Americanized in our Christianity. We, we, you know, I remember Becky when she came back. I remember when she said it, man. She said, we, 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 we believe in a, an American Jesus. And it's true. The American Jesus is not the biblical Jesus. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, mm, no, 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 no. Listen, man, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, this is black or white. It's black or white. Either we follow him or we don't. And if you don't believe that, let Jesus tell you, right? What does he say? Either you're for me or you're against me. I mean, you can't get any more obvious than that. Even Jesus understood it. Of course he would. He said, hey, either you're for me or not. What one is it? Your walk matters. Fill in your blank. If a person is dead in their minds, they will walk according to these three things because there is no life in them. And let me tell you, they will walk according to these three things. Not maybe, they will. Why? Because this is what our flesh is bent to do. We will walk according to the world. The things of the world will matter to us now. The treasures of this earth will matter to us. Stuff, things, whatever. Start naming it, man. We could be here all day. Men and women both have problems with all kinds of this stuff, man. We could just start naming all kinds. We'll walk according to that. That will become what is important to us. Uh, our flesh will become what's important to us. What we want, how we want it, the way we want it, will become what drives us. That's why uh, you'll see, uh, uh, you know, in the church house today, you'll see why churches split. Why so many problems are in churches. Why? Because we're arguing about what color the carpet is. What the heck does that got to do with anything? Well, we're walking according to our flesh. 
The music. Why does that have anything to do with it? As long as the music that's being played is biblically correct, what's the problem? Now, I would argue it needs to be biblically correct. I'll agree with that, okay? But as long as it is, who cares? Why are we arguing about that? Well, the preacher goes too long. Is he preaching the truth? Then what's the problem? Why are we arguing about that? You know, the building's too big. The building's not big enough. The building doesn't have this. They don't have this. They, they, they don't do... I like this. I like that. This is the way I like it. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying now. What we've done is, and where we go is, we've allowed our flesh to make the assumption that this is all about me. What I want. How I want it. The problem is, the major problem is, and we're going to find out in chapter 3 of Ephesians, this is not about us at all. Not even a little bit. Matter of fact, zero about us. It's all about and him getting his glory. What does the color of the carpet have to do with him getting his glory? Nothing. <laughs> what, 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 what does the chairs that you sit in have to do with him getting his glory? Nothing. What does the air conditioning, if it's too hot or too cold in here, although we are, you know, we, we just argued about it, right? <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, do you recognize that 100 years ago, they didn't have that problem? Are we at least thankful that we have it? Because there's places in this world where they don't, okay? Like, we can just start going on. If you just start putting things in their proper perspective, we realize just how Americanized in our Christianity we've become. And we've gotten to the place where we just think, this is all about me. No, no, no. If a person is dead in their minds, they will always walk according to these three things because there's no life in them. He is depraved. The lost sinner lives to please the desires of the flesh. His actions are sinful because his appetites are sinful. John, the apostle, says it like this. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, by the way, those are the exact same things, we, three things. We could go back to Genesis now and look at what happened with Eve. She fell into all three of these things. Okay? It, it, they're not of the Father. They are of this world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That might now ask the question is, okay, well, how, what is the will of God? Well, I'm just trying. How many times we've, uh, I've heard it, man. I'm sure a lot of you heard it or even have said it. I'm just trying to figure out the will of God in my life. If you're trying to figure out the, word of God, the will of God in your life, can I just suggest maybe you're not reading your Bible? Because if you read your Bible, you'd find out there are seven wills of God for you to abide by. And, and listen, let's keep it easy. Do it. Right? Just do it. Page five, he is doomed. Man is doomed without Christ. But by nature, man is children of wrath. By deed, we are children of disobedience. The unsaved person is condemned as a sentence has been passed. And here's the key, already. Huh? See, see we look at it and we go, oh, well, it's not going to be until, until that day. No, it's passed already. There is no maybe, no. You're already condemned. And if you don't believe that, John 3.18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, 
But he that believeth not is condemned. What? Already. Already. Right? Uh, John 3.36 says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him already. We already are condemned. We already, ha already have the wrath of God abiding on us. That, that's not later. That's now. And we got to fix that problem because it's a major problem. Sometimes it is good to examine your life and to make sure you're not still walking in what you were. As you are a new, remember that key word, creature and should not live there anymore. You were never a good person. Wow, but I never did anything bad. According to whose perspective? See, there's the problem. I don't do anything bad. I'm a good person. I do good things. According to whose perspective? Yours or God's? Okay, because yes, I'll grant you Walking in an old, a little old lady across the, the road is a good social thing to do, but how is God getting the glory out of that? So to God, now if you're walking the little old lady across the road and while you're doing it, you're telling her about Jesus, now you're doing something that's worth it. You see what I'm saying? We've got to get the right perspective. We've got to see how God sees it. We were never a good person. Every one of us walked according to the course of the devil. There are none good, no, not one. There are none righteous. The darkness of the mind is when we don't know what we speak. Therefore, if we ever revert back to the flesh, this is what we will live. This is what we will live. That's why I do think it's so important to not get yourself out of church. And to stay in church and stay in the church house. Because, man, you're dealing with stuff that's difficult already. The, the church, there's a lot of reasons why God gave the church. Okay? And, and definitely, number one, the purpose of the church, without any question, we're going to see in chapter 3, is for God to get his glory. That's the purpose of the church. But there are benefits we get from it. And one of those benefits that we get from a church. Now, granted, it has to be a church that's biblically grounded. I will agree with that, okay? But if the church is biblically grounded, one of the benefits you get out of a biblically grounded church is protection. But you have to be okay with being held accountable, okay? A lot of people don't like that. We live in a day where it's all about me. Don't, 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 don't hold me accountable. Oh, who, who, who are you telling me that I haven't been in church for four weeks? Well, yeah, and... I'm just telling you, Hebrews 10.25 says, don't forsake the assembly, and you forsake the assembly for the last three or four weeks. Where you been? What's going on? Is everything okay? Hey, why are you so upset that I love you enough to say something? Right? That's just where we're at today, man. We get offended by everything. Hey, I'm just trying to help you, man. I'm not trying to hurt you. According to this walk, according to the course of this world. Listen. Galatians 1.4 says Jesus uh, gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God. That would be the first will of God, that all men be 
Okay. Second Timothy 4.10, for Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. One of the biggest problems, one of the biggest issues that we have where people leave the church, man, is they just love opinion better than word of God. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we heard it? How many times have we heard it here? I've never learned more than I've ever learned since I've been in that church. But. And then all of a sudden their opinion starts hopping in there. And their opinion trumps the fact that they're growing and learning. But, you know, but. But, you know, Pastor, you just preached too long. I, I can't do that. I, you, know, you know, Pastor, you, you, you do this or you do that. Or you, what, what does any of that have to do with anything? Who cares? Are you learning? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And we just get to that place, man. We love this present world more. And again, that 1 John 2, 15 and 16, you know, uh, listen, if we love this world, here's the crazy part about that, right? It says, if you love these things, the Father isn't in you. I don't even know what to do with that, but we need to do something with it. Same thing the devil did to Eve. And of course, Adam in the garden, in the fill in the blank there, in an unfallen state, it is so, did you hear what I just said? The, 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 the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the, the flesh is the same thing that the devil tempted Adam and Eve, hear me again, in an unfallen state. And they fell into it. What do you think we're going to do in the fallen state? We're going to fall into it way more, way more. It is so tempting to think our flesh, in our flesh, doing good is walking in the Spirit. Did you hear what I just said? It's so tempting to think in our flesh that doing good means we're walking in the Spirit, and the reality is that is not true. That is not true. You're only walking in the Spirit if you're doing the things of the Spirit. That is what is true. Okay? Uh, and, 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 you know, certainly we, now we can look at the fruit of the Spirit better be uh, where we are. Anyways, uh, the fill in the blank there, lust, lust, what is it? It's misplaced desire on yourself rather than God. And if we are not careful, we will all fall into this type of behaviors. Uh, certainly, 2 Timothy 3, 4, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. There would be a great definition of what lust is. And notice that when we fall into those things, Paul says we're traitors. Wow. That, that, that's a big deal. And note, he's talking to the church. We can be traitors. Let's be careful about that. Uh, let's be uh, uh, mindful of it. What is the lust of the flesh? We've been talking about that. It's, it's pleasure-seeking. That's what it is. It's what you do in your life, what experiences you seek. I think one of the biggest problems in, in most of our churches today, we go to church for the experience. We're looking for an experience. I want to experience church. I want to experience worship. I want to experience this. I want to experience that. How about this? How about you don't want to do nothing and just let God work? How about, I want to experience God. 
How do you experience God? Someone please help me with that. Did you hear that band playing this morning? Man, they were so good and all the smoke and all the lights. Man, I was just in the moment. I, I felt the spirit moving. Where? In the light show? In the smoke? Where? Where was the spirit moving in that? Can I tell you that the spirit only moves in his word? That's where he moves. He don't move. And he do, the spirit does not move in the music. I would argue this. What if the song they just sing isn't biblically correct? Is the spirit still moving now? And are you well enough in the know to know if that song that was just sang, sang, you like that, huh? That was good. I know, I'm playing with you, Cheyenne. Relax over there, English teacher. Listen, it was the song that was just sung, was it, was it biblically correct? Lust of the eyes. It's possession seeking. You know, here's the problem. And, and I know y'all know what I'm talking about when I say this. You want to know what the problem is, is when, when you get something? You always want the next thing that's bigger and better. And then when you get that, you always want the next thing that's bigger and better. And when you get that, we're always possession seeking. It's always about getting, oh, my neighbor got that? Well, then I got to get bigger and better than that. I got to show my neighbor up. Oh, my neighbor got, oh, I got to be better than that. We're, 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 and again, I want to make sure I'm clear about that. It doesn't mean that we can't have possessions. God doesn't say nothing about having possessions. The problem is, is does the possession have you? You see that boat, that nice new fancy boat you just put in your driveway because, you know, you had to have the bigger and better than your neighbor. And now on Sunday, instead of in church, you're out on that boat. Or, or, or you're waxing that boat Sunday. Well, yeah, I could go to church, but those nice, beautiful golf clubs I got, it's our, it's our little secret. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Those nice little golf clubs I got. Did you tell them? All right, good. All right, all right, good. Those nice little golf clubs you got, man. What are you doing Sunday morning? I gotta go. Gotta go hit my round of golf. See, that's when you know. Or can I say this? Well, I can't come to church Sunday morning. Why? I gotta work. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Listen, some once in a time, while I get it, it happens to all of us, right? But if, if all of a sudden, every Sunday morning, you're working and not in church, can I just humbly say to you, you might want to find a different job. You might, because here's my first question is, don't you want God to bless the finances? And do you think he's going to bless those finances? And I've heard people say it. I've heard people say it. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so thankful that God gave me this job. Wow, God is just blessing me. So in the Bible, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembly. And you think God just gave you a job to work on Sunday and he's blessing you? Do remember the devil can bless you too. Okay? And the devil knows how to bless you. And the devil knows the desires of what you want. He knows them very, very well. And he will use them against you. He will and he does. Possession seeking. Pride of life, power-seeking, power-seeking. Uh, 
We're seeking the praises of men. We're, we're the, seeking the desire to be something. We're, we're seeking the desire to be someone. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's about our glory. And if you don't believe that, do remember what Satan said. God knows that the day you eat of that, you will become like gods. What are gods? A god has power. And we want power. We want people to like us. We want people to think we're cool. People that... That's just what we're all about. This is why the world does what it does. And again, oh, I already, look at that. I didn't even know that Genesis 3, 5 was sitting there until I looked down. There it was. Okay. Uh, it is not bad to be pleasure, possession, or power seeking. Okay. Within itself, it's just that you need to know where these things can be found that makes all the difference. Is it bad to be following after pleasure? Well, it depends. Is it bad to be following after possession? Well, it depends. What possessions are you looking for? It, does, does power, is power a bad thing? Well, I read Romans 1.16. No, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. You can find those things, and they be good. You just got to know where to find them. In the Bible. In truth, rather than the lie of what the devil wants you to believe it to be. We need to be following after the things. Uh, listen, we have eternal blessings in Christ. He completes us. The Bible says he is our pleasure. See, if your pleasure is Christ, well, now that changes everything. We have been given inheritances. Those would be possessions, would they not? That are far better in glory. I'm quoting Bible verses right now. All praise-seeking is for His glory, and we know that it's not about us. It's about Him. Amen? Number two, the prince of the power of the air. Again, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And again, John 16, 11 says, Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Satan fell from heaven with a purpose of his own. And we need to understand that, okay? Uh, uh, listen, uh, Isaiah 14 says, How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer? What was it? What was it that he, he was going after? What was it that he wanted? Well, he wanted to ascend into heaven. He, he wanted to exalt his throne, which means he had a throne to exalt. Do, do you understand that? Most people don't realize that the devil had a throne. Yeah, he did. Know where it was and what it was all about. He, he, he wanted to sit upon the mount of the congregation. He wanted to ascend above the heights of the clouds. Because you know what about the Bible? He who gets the clouds gets the glory. Okay? And he wanted to be like the Most High. And you know what God did? He reached down into that earth where the devil had his throne the Garden of Eden, Ezekiel 28, okay? And he grabbed the dirt out of that very garden and he formed man like God. What do you think God was doing? I do think God's got a sense of humor. I think God was throwing it right back in his face. He said, here, let me show you what it, let me show you what it really looks like to be like the Most High. Let me show you what it really, now, now, unfortunately, the devil done screwed with Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve done messed it up too. Okay, 
Thankfully, we had the second Adam who fixed it. <laughs> okay, but listen, we, all these truths are true. And, and, and although those five things, interestingly enough, there's five. You want to know why? Because the number in the Bible of five is the number of, is what separates us from God. We fall into these five things too. We have our own righteousness that we have decided that gets us to heaven. Right? We sit down on the throne of self. Right? We make our own instruction booklet. Well, I know that's what the Bible says, but we like to steal his glory. And all I can say is, I can promise you this, that's not something you want to do. Because the Bible says in Isaiah, I will not share my glory with another. And I promise you, if that didn't include everybody over there in the Old Testament, and that didn't include Satan, and that didn't include all the angels of heaven, it definitely don't include you and me. He's not going to share his glory with another. We need to understand that. And when we do things within our own lives that fulfill our own desires, and we are glorying of self, we are stealing his glory. I wish we could understand that. I wish we could grab onto the reality of what that really actually means and just how serious of a crime that is. And then, of course, he wanted to be like the Most High, and I already said it. Well, what's our problem? Well, we want to be like the gods. When Eve was deceived, she chose the devil's lie over God's truth. When Adam joined with her, he chose his own will over God's, right? Two choices in this world, truth or error, life or death, black or white. I mean, let's just keep going. That's it. We've got to come to the place where we recognize this is true. Everything is black and white. It's not gray. And if you don't believe the reality and the truth behind that, I would implore you to go read Revelation chapter number 3, verses 12 to the rest of the chapter. Is that right? I could be wrong about that. might be 17 now that I think about it. I want to give you the right. Where does he start talking about Laodicea? 14. Go read chapter 3, verse 14 to 22. That gray area makes Jesus sick to the point he flat out, just read it, man. Read what it says. It makes him sick. He will spew you out of his mouth. He does not like the gray area. It's either you're for me or you're not. But man, American Christianity loves that gray area. They love it. To the point, how many times do we hear things like, well, that's just your interpretation. That's the gray area now. That's the gray area. See, because that's the way you see it. I see it like this, gray area. I read the Bible too, and I know what it said. There's no prophecy of the Scriptures for any private interpretation. Your interpretation or my interpretation does not matter. What does it say? That's what matters. Amen? I hope we all would say that. It's only when you turn the light on can you see through the shadows. Is that true? If I'm in darkness, okay, pitch black, and I'm trying to walk somewhere, 
What's going to be the problem? Well, I can't see. I mean, listen, uh, it's pitch black. There's, there, right over there, there's, there, there's nails on the ground sticking right up. Right, right over there, there, there there's, there's a hole that drops about 75 feet. Right over there is a wall. Right? If you're walking in darkness, what are you going to do? You're gonna, you know it's inevitable. You're going to find the nails on the ground. You're going to walk into the wall. You're going to fall down the ditch. You're going to die. You're going to find a way to reach death. Something bad's going to happen to you. It's going to hurt. It's, hi, turn the light on. <laughs> Let's just, turn, it's the light to our path. It will guide us in our way. Turn the light on, man. Let the light get turned on. And boom, watch what happens. The reality is simple. You're either under the power of Satan or you're under the power of God. As, as, as so simple as that sounds, why aren't we living like that then? Me first. For, I'm not saying forget all of you. I love all of you. And I all, but, but dang it, forget all of you. Me first. Why aren't I living like that? I have the ability to live like that. This flesh is powerful. It's way more powerful than I think. Listen, Acts 26, 18, it says uh, that, that God is, is to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Last time I checked, he is the light of the world. Yeah, amen? Okay. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by the faith that is in me. Uh, Colossians, Paul says that Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, where there is light, light. Uh, John 8, uh, Jesus says, why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word, you are the father of the devil. And the lust of your father, ye will do. Matthew, when he's talking about those parables, he, Jesus says this, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. We have a problem. The question is, which one are you? Are you walking for God or walking for the devil? Are you black or are you white? Are you truth or are you error? Or might we say it like this? Are you the wheat or are you the tear? Which one is it? There's only two. We got to get that God's very, very, very blunt about this. Either we're for him or we're not. You and I and every single person that walks planet Earth are one of them. And we need to get to the place where we can get real enough to our, for ourselves where we can go, all right, which one am I? We need to get to the place where 2 uh, Corinthians uh, uh, 13, where, where, where God says, Paul says, examine yourself. Make sure you're in the faith. Make sure you're not a reprobate. Well, okay. What's so wrong with that? What is so wrong of examining what we really are doing? See, if you're offended by that, 
And I remember I preached a whole series on this, and people got offended and left. Why? Well, you're saying I'm not saved. First of all, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just make this clear. I don't save you. Okay, so what I say when it comes to whether you're saved or not is regardless. What I am saying, though, is the Bible's very clear about something that we need to examine ourselves to make sure we are in the faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Are we doing the things that we have been called to do or not? Because the Bible's very clear. Either you are in truth or you are in error. Which one is it? Is that fair? The big lie we all can easily fall for. Worship the creature more than the creator. Romans chapter number one. Right? Which one is it that we're truly worshiping? Well, I just really like that song. It moves me. Are you worshiping the creature or the creator? Which one is it? Do you see why I think it's dangerous to be care and we need to be careful about just calling music worship? Because we can make music about us. Very, it's very, very easy to do. It really is. Science, philosophy, sure. But the more devastating one and the more devastating problem we have is self. Is self. Four, false apostles, deceitful workers are Satan's ministers. We need to understand that. The, the prince of the power of the air, the, 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 the course of this world, the, 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 the spiritual darkness in high places. What, what is this all about? Well, we need to know that there are false apostles. There are deceitful workers. They transform themselves into the apostle of Christ. No marvel. Uh, I'm reading 2 Corinthians 11, by the way. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work. We need to understand that the deception is very real, and it is easy to be deceived by it. False teachers are Satan ministers, and my question to all of us, including myself, is could we really identify it or them if we had to biblically? Could we, right? It's not just your interpretation, because it is the doctrine you teach or hear is what it is you will most likely adhere to. But do note, very simply, it is either right or wrong end of story either what that pastor is saying self-included either it is right or it is wrong and my question to all of you would be is if there's even an ounce of wrong in there isn't it our obligation as christians to say that's wrong that's wrong. And if you don't think it is, do you remember what David said? I hate every false way. Jesus says, I am the way. Either it's right or it, either it's 100% right. Can truth be 90% right? Think about it. Can you be 99% saved? No. Th this really is. It really is a black or white. It really is simplicity.
It really is. It, it just let it be what it is. How do you know who you are following if you are having trouble? Do you truly love God and others more than loving yourself? It is not the people we hate. When I call out other churches and things to that matter, I, I don't hate the people. I don't hate the people. I hate what the devil's doing. I hate the false doctrine that's being propagated that is wrong that's leading people to hell. Listen, the devil is a religious being who is, is, is trying to steal God's glory. And he's using people to do it. Therefore, it is the devil's doctrines we despise. And the Bible does call it doctrines of devils. Man, that sounds really Christian. Man, that, I mean, he read it right from the Bible. It's got to be right, right? Did he put it in proper context? Did you know who he's writing that to? Do you, uh, all of that matters. Because then what happens is, then we can come to the place where we can go, well, that's just your interpretation. Psalm 119.104 says, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Let me wrap up real quick with this. B, spirit worketh. This spirit needs to be destroyed in these children. The spirit that's working in the children of disobedience, which was working in us prior to salvation, it needs to be put on the side. We'll deal with it later. Yeah? No. It needs to be destroyed. It needs to, can I say, be put to death. We need to put it to death. Note that there is a spirit that is working in the world. And it's not always the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure many in the church house get that. But yet, John says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets, false teachers are gone out into the world. They're standing up. They're preaching Jesus. They're standing up. They're preaching the Holy Spirit. They're standing up and they're preaching a gospel. But did you read Galatians chapter 1? Did you read 1 Corinthians? Where, where, where Paul says, if any come preaching another Jesus or another receive another spirit or if they come preaching another gospel, this is, this is what Paul says. Let them be accursed. Well, they, do, they love Jesus. I mean, I know they don't, just, they don't believe the same way you do, but they love Jesus. Okay, maybe they do, but let's just make sure that, that the Jesus they love is the Jesus of the Bible. Because there is Jesus is being preached that are not of the Bible. And I do think the American Jesus is not of the Bible. Hate me if you want. I'm just telling you, it's not. There's something identifiably wrong. And if you know your Bible enough, you will go, yeah, there's something wrong there. But if you don't, then see how easy it is for the devil to deceive you into thinking things. So easy to do. It, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, flat out. 
uh, Ephesians 5, look what he says, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Uh, uh, listen, uh, after he goes through this huge list in Galatians 5, which, by the way, is where he's talking about walking in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, he says that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So do you want to be children of dis disobedience? Do you want to be children of wrath? Which is not you now, what has changed? It, 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 if, you're, if you're doing those things then my question would be to you as a saved Christian, what changed? Why are you doing those things? When you got saved, something should have changed. Something should have become new. Why are you still doing the things that you were doing? Because that means nothing changed. And that's where I'm going to say, I'm not the judge of salvation. I'm just going, why hasn't anything changed? Wait a minute, man. You know, y'all do know that 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is still in the Bible, right? Yep. If any man be in Christ, he is a old things are passed away. All things have become new. Why? If you can look at me and go, man, pastor, I don't know. You're doing this, 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 this. Hey, man, why? Why can you say that? And I pray to the Lord you can't say that about me. But if you can, I've got a problem. I need to go look in the mirror. I need to examine myself. Yeah? Let me close with this. Now, here's, here's, here's all this bad stuff, man. We've just spent an hour talking about bad stuff. Right? Children of disobedience, children of wrath, what we were, how we got there. Uh, Y'all, some of you have been with me long enough, you know where I'm about to go, right? But we love the butt. No, talking about your butt. We love the B-U-T. We love the butt, man. Thank God for the butt. What does Romans 6.17 say? For God. God be thanked that you are the servant of sin, that you obey from the heart that form of doctrine which delivered you. And the question is, we all need to ask, were we delivered from a doctrine, from a doctrine, saint we've been called to be Why are we so, that to me to me what that saying is this is what we're supposed to be but yeah hey but we're all sinners 
I don't know, man. If you are a Christian, he has put you into his body. You are a saint, not a sinner. I don't see Paul ever opening up any of his epistles to the church saying, all you sinners. I don't see him saying that. What I'm saying, what I hear him say is, Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. He sees it completely different than what we're propagating in a lot of churches this morning. No, man, we are saints. Let's start acting like it. It's not changing your behavior first. The change of behavior comes after salvation. We're teaching people we need to change our behavior to be saved. You can't. <laughs> you won't. Why are you trying to do that? It ain't going to happen. And then what happens is, without even knowing it, we'll sit there and we'll say, not by works. They'll say, but that, well, what you're saying is, is, it is by works. You're trying to change your behavior. That's a work. You can't. You can't change your behavior. It's impossible. There's none righteous, no, not one. We're all come short of the glory of God. It's he changes you, not you. You can't do it. But then what happens is, after salvation, verse number 10, we're now his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works. Yes, there's a difference. You're not a sinner saved by grace. That's what you were. You're a saint. Act like it. And so we've read Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, and that's where we're going to head into next week. Look, look, let me read it one more time and I'm done. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So here's the problem. Here's our issue. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We, we, we walked according to the course of this world. We, we walked according to the prince of the power of the air. We, we walked according to the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. We had our conversation. Conversation is not talking to people. It's the conversation of our life. We, 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 we had it in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath, even as others. I might add, biblically, biblically uh, uh, saying, we were enemies. We were the enemies of God. You read verse 1 through 3, you're going, <laughs> this stinks. Wow. Now what? We love the butt. Look at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together. Huh? Romans 5, 8, and 9 should be popping in our heads now. Huh? Huh? But God. Yeah. God did love us. I agree with that. But he didn't love us for what we were. Did he love all that? No. He didn't love us for who we were. He loved us for what we could be. And we got to understand that because it's the key of everything that I believe is happening in the American church today. We get people to think and fall under the assumption, well, God just loves you for who you are. No, who you were was an enmity against him. He does not love you for who you are. 
That is a fallacy. And if you don't believe that, come back next week and let's keep reading. And we're going to learn that that's, that that's not what this is all about at all. Amen? All right, well, 1215, we're, we're okay. That was a lot of information I just got through right there. And I heard you all say when I said we're going to get through, y'all, I uh, <laughs> ain't going to do it. I'm doing it despite of you. <laughs> I'm joking. What did you say? Was it you? Andrea, why are you always a troublemaker? You're not supposed to be the troublemaker. Women. I tell you. You want to know where, where men would be without women? Still in the garden, baby. Still in the garden. You remember that. All right. Father, we come before you, Lord. We just want to thank you for this day. We love you. We are so grateful for you. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for all that you're doing in this church, Lord. Uh, just please, Lord, put me aside. Uh, put your word at the forefront. Help us to digest everything. I know that we teach a lot around here. I know we preach a lot around here about stuff, and we give off a lot of information, Lord. But I hope everybody in here realizes that that is what we're supposed to be doing, and discipleship is such an important piece of all this. This is where we're supposed to get together with other brothers and sisters in Christ in a one-on-one in -on -one situation or a couple-on-couple -couple situation, Lord, and we talk about the things that we heard in here uh, so that we can start to digest and learn them more. Uh, you designed it that way, Lord, so I hope that we all understand uh, the importance of that. Lord, I pray that you bless the rest of this day. Watch over us. Uh, continue to watch over those that are, are, are still sick or recovering from sickness. Uh, watch over those that are, uh, uh, Lord, you know all the stuff going on in this church. Uh, the list of, <laughs> I can name a lot of stuff right now. Uh, Lord, we'll just, we'll just lift it to you uh, and pray, Lord, that your will be done in all of those situations, Lord. And that way we can, with, uh, with confidence, give you the glory for it. And we'll give that to you in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. love you all. Have a good day.